Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Ariane Shepard, Public Relations Executive for the Chartered Insurance Institute. And in this episode, I'll be talking to Vanessa Ribellini and Ian Simons. In this episode of the podcast, we are discussing the resources the CII and PFS have developed to support members in relation to the FCA's consumer duty. I'm joined by Vanessa Ribellini, Customer Insight Manager, and Ian Simons, Content and Capabilities Director at the CII. Here is my conversation with Vanessa and Ian. Hello to you both. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting us. Pleasure. So to start with Ian, um, a lot of organizations have been trying to support professionals in the personal finance and insurance space with compliance with the FCA's new consumer duty regulations ahead of the first implementation date. So the CII and PFS have been playing their part, but perhaps it's worth setting out what we can offer compared to other organizations. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing to say is we're not a compliance consultant and we're not trying to do their job, but uh, we're complementary, hopefully. As a professional body, we believe we have an important role, not just in educating our members on what the regulations are, but in helping to improve adoption and development of good practice. So uh, many companies, as you say, have spent the last year since the rules were published in July 22 putting processes in place and ensuring governance over implementation plans, completing product reviews, engaging suppliers and distributors, etc. And we've been providing a number of guidance and support assets uh, to help prioritise those activities. But for us, as a professional body, it's not so much about getting past the initial deadlines, but about making sure that after it hits on the 1st of July, uh, it's more about making sure that uh, those processes are really embedded within organizations culturally, and they drive real benefits to customers and, and the businesses themselves. So we're talking about a shift from process to culture. We started with education and guidance, and that's important to get uh, spread throughout organizations bottom up. But just about the regulations themselves, um, it's about examples of what good practices look like in terms of implementation at the coalface. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Vanessa, I understand that part of the shift from process to culture is about competencies. So could you maybe explain how the professional map and consumer duty are connected? Sure. Um, well, as, as Ian was mentioning, uh, with the consumer duty implementation deadline looming, it's understandably that firms are focusing a great deal on ensuring that their products and processes meet the rules. However, consumer duty will live thereafter this first de- deadline. And it's important that firms have not only the right processes in place, but most importantly, they have a culture that enables them to consistently meet the standard. So the FCA has really made a point about this by saying that it expects a significant shift in both culture and behaviour. And while good culture is difficult to define, here at the CRI, we've done a great deal of research into the behaviours that drive good customer outcomes and have coded these in the professional map. Uh, So for those that don't know, the professional map is a competency framework that defines the knowledge and the behaviours that practitioners need to perform at their best 
and also to deliver for their firms and customers. It very much focuses not only on, on what people need to know from a technical standpoint, but more importantly, how they are expected to apply that technical knowledge, how they're expected to apply what they know and how um, they're expected to make ethical decisions. And this includes competencies such as customer focus, inclusivity, uh, using insight to make decisions and integrity. So the strength of the professional map lies in that it provides a holistic understanding of competence rooted in ethical principles and values and combines that idea of the professional as, as, as that one that demonstrates the right mix of knowledge and skills and behaviours. And this is ultimately what drives individuals and organisations in determining what is right and wrong for the benefit of the customer. Yeah. Great. Thank you. We've also got a pathway of digital learning modules. So, um, Ian, maybe you could speak a bit more about those. Sure. Yeah. For, so for about the last year, we've had on our assess platform. So if you're a customer with um, financial assess or insurance assess or broker assess, there's been a series of modules in there that um, that talk predominantly about the regulation and sort of high level what it stands for and how it's supposed to work. But what we're developing now is uh, a set of more practical modules. So step one module is a sort of uh, a, a recap, a grounding in in the um, implementation rules. And then we're adding to that a series of case studies and guided planning processes. So as we were saying, it's now less about what are the regulations, but now it's more about how does an individual or a firm demonstrate that uh, what they're doing is meeting those. So it's it's shifting really from the sort of technical education about the rules and principles and shifting more to uh, what does good look like when someone says you need to have a fair value assessment, for example, what does that look like? What's a good one look like as opposed to a, a, a less good one? How frequently should I be updating it? And those sorts of things will be explored in the uh, the next series of modules that we'll be delivering later in the summer this year. And along with that, we uh, will be providing what we're calling a consumer duty readiness tool, which will be a, a way of firms really quickly and objectively assessing where they should prioritise their focus, because there's an awful lot in there that companies can be doing. Uh, and there's a danger that some people have a rabbit in headlights look or uh, focus on some things that might be easier to do rather than those that have the greater impact or, or not know how they compare with others. So we're providing a tool that will help them prioritize the activities that they need to enact. And lastly, uh, we're going to be using this as an opportunity to pilot a digital badge so that uh, people who have done this course will be able to use a digital badge to show not just their peers, but consumers uh, provide that confidence that they've taken an appropriate course with their professional body that demonstrates they're, they're really consumer duty ready. Okay, that's great. Thank you. And um, Vanessa, just going back, um, how do you think that CII can help employers prioritize the professional map competencies that you mentioned earlier to help firms embed the consumer duty standard throughout their organization? Uh, sure. Um, so, uh, as stated earlier, the, the FCA has said that it, it does expect culture and behaviours to be a key component of a firm's consumer duty implementation. And this includes the incorporation of the duty within a firm's approach to people and training. So, so key to, to this is really understanding which are the competencies and skills needed to meet the expectations of the FCA. So, what we've done to this end is looked at the professional map competencies and we've mapped those that are 
directly driving uh, consumer duty outcomes. So, for example, uh, this would include competencies such as understanding where there might be a conflict of interest between commercial drivers and customer outcomes, being able to probe and question to really understand the issues and drivers of a client, using customer data and insights to identify potential pitfalls in a customer journey and act accordingly to address them. Um, so this would be kind of the first bit around really identifying the key competencies that drive consumer duty. But there's also something about helping firms identify where there might be skills gaps within their workforce so that they can better target training and mitigate against conduct risk. So to this end, what we're doing is developing a diagnostic tool that will highlight uh, the areas which may require training and will also provide a way for uh, a reporting mechanism to help employers prove to the regulator their approach to learning and development and that they are investing in the right skills. Okay, great. Thank you. And Ian, I believe there is material related to vulnerable customers across the breadth of our existing PFS qualification framework and that material is going to be refreshed with subject experts to ensure that it's up to date. Yeah, absolutely. And there is a lot of crossover between consumer duty and vulnerable customer intentionally, uh, both in the way that the FCA looks at client needs and in the way that we're supporting members. So supporting vulnerable customers isn't any more about checklists or tick boxes, but as part of consumer duty, it's about, uh, I was going to say again, that shift towards culture. Um, So investing in a culture that doesn't just respond to explicit signs of vulnerability. So having a set of words ready if you come across a client with, for example, dementia or uh, hearing issues, those are step one. This is more about providing that empowered curiosity within your staff and to adapt and develop support uh, for some of those less obvious vulnerabilities. Because we can all be vulnerable at different times. I certainly can be. Uh, It's not just about being black and white. Have I got a physical disability or a mental impairment? Uh, I may be coming out of a difficult personal circumstance where I need a different approach provided for me by the financial advisor, for example. And that needs different set of behaviours rather than simply a process to be in place. So, yeah, uh, this is something that's reflected throughout our qualification program already, uh, as well as our corporate learning platform and CPD. And uh, as part of our commitment to keeping learning material up to date, we ensure all of these um, matters are kept fully up to date, as well as aligned with new regulations. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And and we recently brought all of our materials together in a single resource hub. Could you talk a bit about what else members can find at that hub? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's going to grow over time. That's a commitment from us. It started off with, as you said, they're pulling together all the existing things. So many recorded webinars, um, documents such as good practice guidance, etc., that we've delivered to date all in one place. But we're going to be adding to that with things like toolkit of templates. I think um, we touched on earlier, not just those that might be in the training course, but uh, a really end-to-end package of all of the processes, templates, checklists, et cetera, that you should have as a starter for 10, for, for particularly for financial advisors. Uh, so that's going to be added in the next couple of weeks in, in uh, July, hopefully. And then following that, we're going to be adding a, a growing list of FAQs. And we'd really encourage members to engage with us. We'll be adding a um, an email address for queries, which will be consumerduty at thepfs.org. I'll mention that again later. But that will 
hopefully open it up for it to be a, a dialogue because we really want to work with our members to hear what the both what the challenges might be but also what good looks like so if if our members believe they've got some solutions that um, sort of set the standard then we'd love to hear about that and feature it so we don't want to just have this as uh, what the CII thinks but what our members also think on that hub yeah yeah of course and on that note perhaps a question for both of you have we had any feedback so far on how RCII and PFS members are getting to grips with the new requirements are you hearing that firms are struggling to be ready or are they feeling confident have you had any sort of feedback on our resources yeah shops if I could take that so the FCA actually recently published some um, preparedness research, which showed that 8% of financial services firms between March and May hadn't actually even heard of consumer duty before answering that survey, which might sound rather worrying. But uh, fortunately, when you look specifically at financial advisors, this rose to 100% who had heard of it. And in fact, 95% of advisors agreed that it was a high priority for their organisation, which was the second highest of all the different businesses polled. Uh, and the same percentage said that they understood uh, fairly well or very well what their organization needed to do. So definitely not an, an area for concern, but anecdotally, it's it's uh, it's easy to pick up conversations with people that are honest about a not being able to have an objective view of what good looks like. Uh, so obviously, if you're in one firm, you can have a good sense that you're applying the rules as you think sets fit but over time we will recognize they will get better and tougher over time so knowing where you are against that is a challenge and the area that advisors said they needed the most guidance was on the cross-cutting rules so they showed a strong level of confidence on the four core outcomes of the um, consumer duty itself but where it came to the cross-cutting rules they were looking for more guidance so that's definitely an area we want to try and help with and i'd also add that um it, because all this is self-assessed rather than independently reviewed, there, there will be a spectrum of respondents who may be overly confident. And when we look at those figures and say most uh, respondents said that they were confident they knew what they were doing, there's always that risk that confidence isn't necessarily competent. So we want to help people get an objective test on that rather than just being confident. Can there be evidence of competence? Hence those toolkits I mentioned on the hub that we'll be adding as well as the courses so that people can be really confident, not just that they feel good, but they can actually demonstrate that they they, they really are on top of those customer outcomes. Yeah, that all sounds really good. And are any more resources being planned? And do we know how the CII and PFS will continue to monitor the duty and sort of update the resources in coming months as we learn more? Yeah, I mean, we're absolutely committed that this is a a dialogue with our members, not just something where we provide information in one direction. So we want to uh, hear from our members about where they are needing the most support. So it was mentioned, for example, there on the FCA survey, there was a there was a, a preference for more information on um, how the cross-cutting rules apply. So that's definitely an area we want to look into. But this is going to be for, for, for the foreseeable future now. Consumer duty isn't something that's 
done and dusted. We're only just starting on what that really means in practice. So uh, we want to make sure that that's something that we're involved in and helping our members develop good practice with us, not just waiting for rules to be in place and and get the job done. So um, we'd really encourage people to engage with us via uh, consumer duty at the pfs.org. Tell us what they need, add to the FAQs uh, and keep it live. Yeah, that sounds really good. And so in terms of, you know, firms feeling like maybe they need extra support in certain areas, is that what you would suggest that they do? Or is there anything else that you would suggest? Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said at the beginning, we're not a compliance consultant, so we can't do the job and we don't want to do the job for members, but we can help point people in the right direction. And more importantly, I think, sort of uh, take the temperature of where there are priorities that we need to help people on. So it's an it's an open request, really, to share it via uh, consumer duty at the pfs.org. If it's a technical question, we'll add that to the FAQs and hopefully provide an answer that will benefit other members. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. And yeah, thank you both, Vanessa and Ian, for joining me today on the podcast. It was really helpful. It was lovely speaking to you and great to hear all the different ways that we're supporting members with preparing for the consumer duty. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts or follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.